Blog Talk Radio. So we talk about life's problems to make break or tear hearts apart. <clears throat> On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. 9118 or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart or you can go to reconnect my heart podcast to see the video version reconnect my heart you can go to reconnect my heart podcast.com you will see our video for you to be able to even chat with us 
thank each and every one of who are tuning in, and thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all for y'all continued prayers and support. Uh, I want to say happy pre-Thanksgiving. This is the weekend that many of us get a chance to go out and fellowship with our family and friends, but also maybe have a four-day weekend. So thank God for that. Um, we're going to go ahead and go straight on to the show. I'm going to see if I can do something right quick. Um, yeah. Excuse <clears throat> me. First of all, I'm I'm glad that everything worked out today. Hope that y'all had a great, great day and also a great uh, day in service in case you are able to make it. Um, today, in this episode, we're going to discuss overcoming fear, overcoming your fears, build your confidence, and also directing your focus on your assignment and not your fears. We're going to talk about that and much more in the episode called Facing My Fears and Winning. Facing My Fears and Winning. If you really be honest, a lot of us, we may have some phobias. We may have some concerns. Some people may think about it as just, well, you know, it's uh, it's, it's a, maybe some fear or something that may be some type of hang-up. But I found out oftentimes there is a reason why these things happen. Sometimes fear comes from, most important, I'm going to say this, fear comes from the outside. It comes from some outside source. It may be from the devil itself. It may be from other people. We may take other people's opinions to become our facts. So it's a variety of reasons that fear comes to us. But the most important thing we got to do is be able to recognize what is fear. To be able to recognize because there are some things we actually are supposed to overcome. But what happened, we allow those things or the opinion of others to paralyze us. Like I said, just because someone else may have some, <clears throat> me, someone may have a hang up does not mean that that should be our hang up. And of course, there's a difference in being precautious or, you know, just some things you may not should do. But just because that's something that should not be done does not mean that, hey, that's, that should not be done for everybody. There are certain people that shouldn't do anything. There shouldn't certain people that should not be doing certain things. They may not be equipped to do certain things, or it may not be their purpose or their assignment. But we should not let that govern us. Most importantly, we always tell people we need to seek God for ourselves, for us to be able to know what purpose, what plan, what assignment God has groomed us for. Understand that. Groomed us for. You think about someone that may be seven foot tall. Chances are seven foot tall versus somebody else that may be four foot eleven. Chances are, who would probably have a better chance of becoming a basketball player? Think about it. I found that there is a reason why we have the particular quote-unquote uniform that we have, that we were born in. Uniform, our physical body, if we look at it as a uniform, 
God has issued us a specific uniform for a specific reason. But if we look at it in that aspect, it will help us to understand and even seek God pertaining to what purpose, what plan he made for us. But oftentimes what happened, instead of us seeking God, we end up seeking people. And oftentimes we allow their fears, their opinions to become our facts. We look at what they were say we we look at what they say as quote unquote the end all be all the final say so. You think about, for example, you look at some of the greats that may have um been very successful in their field. <clears throat> you look at Muhammad Ali, you look at Michael Jordan, you look at Michael Jackson, you look at Prince, you look at even Bishop T.D. Jakes, you look at all these people, even though Bishop T.D. Jakes, yes, he's a bishop, he has a church, but also he's a great author. So you look at all these people who have these talents, who have these gifts, if you think about, let's just say if, actually, we use Prince. Prince, yeah, Prince loved to play basketball. But which do you think which do you think Prince will be known for or oh, be able to really be tapping in and to his God given gift of talent? Playing basketball or being a musician or being a writer? Something to think about. He's known more for his writing or his um uh playing of instruments versus playing basketball. Hmm. Something to think about. So I'm using, even though, yeah, some people say, well, you shouldn't be using somebody, you know, uh, that's, that's not, inter- man, look, <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Gift, talent. But I said all that because if you look at it, you have to be able to acknowledge your fear and overcome it for you to be able to tap into the purpose and plan that God has for you. One of the things I found out, it blew my mind. I wanted to make sure I had to write it down. I found out even those who may have achieved their purpose or their assignment, I found out that there's still some type of, if you want to say fear or concern, I just say, if you don't mind me saying instead of the word fear, for those who may have overcame it, I say even concerns or, hey, worries that may have came to them because oftentimes when we step into an area that's unfamiliar, there might be some type of discomfort. But that's why it's so important for us to be able to recognize and look at what it is and deal with it. You can never be successful if you're not willing to face your giants. You look at, in the Bible, you look at when the 12 spies, when Moses had the 12 spies to go and look at to the promised land, 12 spies, two of them said, oh, yeah, we can do it. It's beautiful. It's plentiful. But 10 said, oh, no, we look like grasshoppers to them. 10 that had a negative report, 
two that had a positive report. Now, if you really think about it, if that was you that was out there, which one would you accept? It's the majority said, don't do it. But it's the two that said, man, do it. If there was a vote, two said yes, ten said no. Oftentimes, because of the balance of the scale, they would have ended up not doing it because the majority said no, but the minority said yes, go forward. And so what I found that when it comes down to your purpose and to your plan, there will be some type of, if you want to say giants, that may be in our quote-unquote promised land. There are some giants, when you get ready to go into a field or a purpose or an assignment that God has for you, expect some type of giant to give some type of scare tactics to you. Expect that. Expect that. I'm going to have to throw this in there. <clears throat> um, one of the things I found out, I found out uh, some time ago, this was, um, matter of fact, I wanted to hurry up and get on the chat. What I found out, I found out that, like, for example, if I'm getting ready to speak, if I'm getting ready to do something, always be some type of, some type of distraction. They may try to come to throw me off, to throw me off, to give me some type of fear. I'm going to say it like this. What I found out that oftentimes there is something that may happen. If I'm getting ready to do something, there's something that may happen to try to have some type of scare, try to be some type of scare tactic to me. Why I say that was, for example, if I know I'm getting ready to speak, Oftentimes, I always ask God, and this is me, this is me speaking. One of the things I always ask God, if I'm getting ready to speak, if I'm getting ready to post, to do something, I always ask God, what do you want me to tell your people? What do you want your people to know? Lord or God, what do you want me to tell your people? And what do you want your people to know? Because it's his assignment to tell me and for me to be able to give to him. His people. So that's where I look at it. <clears throat> so even if I'm getting ready to speak in some type of stronghold that God may me have me to face to help someone or whatever, the devil always throws some type of scare tactic. For example, if I'm at work, oftentimes I will end up having some type of altercation where I get stuck in the elevator. Or as I'm getting off the elevator, the elevator drops. Sometimes I may be on the elevator and it just choop, choop, drop. Or I may be standing somewhere and God may quicken in my spirit, hey, move. And as soon as I move, bam! Look, there was a time where I was outside at my dock and the Lord just put in my spirit, move. And as soon as I moved, it was 15 stacks of loaves of bread that end up falling right in the area that I was in, it fell right there. And what I found out, the devil was trying to throw some type of scare tactic because, get this, because he tried to silence the word of God or the ministry or the purpose or assignment that God had me to walk in. 
Now, I'm just using myself for an example. You can copy and paste your name and put it in there because there may be something that God had. And as soon as you thought about it, I'm going to go ahead and do it. It seemed like all hell broke loose. Now, I'm not talking about a situation where you end up calling yourself. No, 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 no. You can tell when there's some type of demonic force. See, they may try to silence you. And get this, even if the devil can't scare you, don't you know he had no problem to try to take you out? The devil is an intimidator. Yeah, he's going to try to intimidate you. He's going to try to bully you. That's his job. But we got to think about it. We have a job. One of the things I found out, the devil would get rid of the message by trying to get rid of the messenger. You understand? So in other words, if you are doing something or God is giving you something and putting your spirit for you to do, expect a quote-unquote giant. But remember this. Remember this. When God has given you an assignment and you are obedient to him and you rely upon his instructions, his path, all these things, those giants are going to be there, but they're not going to do anything to you. They're there as a scare tactic. But if we accept that, oh, there's a giant, and we adhere to what that giant is telling us to do as for a stop or to try to intimidate us or bring some type of insecurity, you will fail. Devil does not want you to go forth in what God is telling you. I'm going to say this. Matter of fact, uh, real quick, I I do want to acknowledge Miss Choice. Miss Choice, how you doing? I'm praying for you. And I'm going to get a chance to talk to you later on. But this is something that happened to me, and it really changed my life. This might have been maybe a year or two after I had accepted my calling to preach. This would happen. I'll never forget. It was the day after Christmas. It might have been maybe 2010, 2011, something like that. And I'll never forget. I had an aquarium in my room. And that Monday morning, I was getting ready to get up to go to work. And I saw, it was like before I physically opened up my eyes, I spiritually opened up my eyes and I saw something dark. My whole room was dark, but I saw something dark. I saw a dark shadow put there, put look like a hand or something over my face. And as I was trying to open up and get up, I couldn't do it. I'm like, hmm. So I tried again. The second time, I couldn't get up. I couldn't open up my eyes. Then I realized, wait a minute. That's an ungodly spirit. I began to pray against it. I started claiming in the name of Jesus and everything. And all of a sudden, my eyes opened up. And I saw a dark shadow that that was no longer in front of me covered up my face. But it ran to the corner of my room by the aquarium that was in my bedroom. And I kicked it out. And so I went to work, and I was like, what, what is that? And it hit my spirit. I said, God, whatever that was, let me see it through the fish. Let me see it through my fish. At the time, I had maybe about eight fish. And so I said, okay, so by the time I made it home, it was late that night. And I ended up, I went straight to my bedroom, 
and I saw my aquarium, and I looked, uh, and God was like, tell me to look at all my fish. Take inventory of all my fish. And so I looked at all my fish, and they appeared to be fine, except for the last one. The last one I saw, the black one, it had scales over his eyes. It was blind. It was bumping over stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. And all of a sudden, I began to listen to God, and God was telling me that this spirit that I ended up seeing that was trying to prevent me from waking up, preventing me from seeing what it was, the devil was trying to prevent me from seeing in a spiritual realm because there was an assignment that God had for me, and that assignment was for me to be able to speak about the spirit realm. And I said, oh, okay. So in other words, what happened with that fish the devil trying to do towards me physically and spiritually, he was trying to throw some scare tactic. So as I began to pray, yeah, I prayed for my fish. I prayed for my fish. And you know what? I don't know how long it took. It might have taken a day or two or whatever, but the scales fell off. Now, I'm telling you, I, I always watched my fish, always fed them, always took care of my fish. So those scales were not on them or on that particular fish on the day before. And all of a sudden, just as soon as I had a uh, vision, they say, you know, the devil tried to do that towards the fish, but that fish was representing me. But also on a sidebar, the symbol of Christianity is actually not a cross. It's a fish. It's a fish. So as I begin to, I'm like, okay, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And so I did that. I ended up speaking. I ended up, um, God gave me two and a half messages about the spirit realm. One message was called the real you, knowing who you are, because we are made both body, soul, and spirit. But also we as people, Human beings are the only creatures that God created that living in two different worlds at the same time. There's a physical realm where right now I'm in Dallas, Texas. But there's a spirit realm where even though I may be here in Dallas, Texas, but God may put in my put someone in my spirit that's over in New Mexico and drop them in my spirit to pray for them and they may call me and God may reveal to me what's going on in their bedroom, going on in their own home. I'm not physically there, but spiritually God is connecting me for me to be able to tell them what's going on at their location, even if I'm at my location, the spirit realm. And so with that, it's, you know, when that happened, it made me become aware that the devil going to try to throw some type of scare tactic. And so with that, one of the important things that we have to do in overcoming your fear, number one, is acknowledge it, but also understand that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. This is a spirit matter, not a physical matter. This is a physical, excuse me, this is a spiritual matter. Now, also, in you dealing with and overcoming your fear, like I said, you have to acknowledge what it is, 
and understand that it is a spirit realm. But like I mentioned earlier, you have to understand that fear comes from some outside source. Like I said, there may be there may be where you may be getting ready to do something. And who knows, you might want to seek the advice, I don't want to say opinion, advice of someone, or someone may see you doing or beginning to do something, and all of a sudden, the devil may bring somebody into your path to discourage you, to make you question or make you even doubt, not just your talent, not your gift, your ability, or you yourself. That's the devil's job. And don't get me wrong, there are some people who mean well. They may love you. They may even be family. They may be close friends. And they may discourage you from doing something. But the key thing you have to understand, if God told you to do it, God will always bring provision and timing. See, God may have you with the desire to do something. But what you want to do is make sure, even though that you may be doing it, you want to make sure that you are operating in God's timing. That is key. Operating God's timing because, for example, let's just say I had a four-year-old. Let's just say I had a four-year-old, a four-year-old um, son. Matter of fact, I do have a son, but when he was four years old, he had a desire to take dad to the store, take dad and just go all around. Yes, he had a desire, but it would be foolish for me to give him the key to have him to drive daddy somewhere. Yeah, he may have a desire, but what I have to do, I have to groom him for the having the responsibility of not just having the driving skill, but having a driver's license. So in other words, even though he had that desire, I had to groom him. And so what happens, oftentimes God will give us an assignment, and because we're not seeking God properly and listening to him, it's almost like we get sound bites, and we take it and we run, and we wonder why it's not successful. Because we're not listening to the full play. We just listen to an edit soundbite and we take and we're running. Oftentimes, we're going based upon our understanding of that assignment, not God's understanding. There's a scripture that tells us, you know, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of the world, you know, it's failure, it's death. And so that's why it's so important for us to listen to the full detail of what God conveyed to us, because the devil does want us to look. The devil doesn't mind us listening. He just don't want us to obey it. And it's full context. The devil don't mind you reading the Bible. Yeah, the devil doesn't mind you reading the Bible as long as you don't obey it. But also, he don't mind you knowing the scripture, but he want to make sure that you know it out of context. So that's why it's so important to read, to study, and know. So with, so with you, excuse me. So with you, understanding that there's a spirit realm, and also understanding that fear comes from an outside source. Like I said, the outside source, it may be somebody's opinion, 
it may be somebody's opinion. It may look people. Some people have phobias, like I mentioned earlier. Phobias, phobias are a fear of blah 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 something. But just because that's somebody's fear, that doesn't have to be yours. If you really boil down to it, why? Why? Why are you scared? Well, you know, uh, uh, um, you know. My, my, my mama failed at it. Mama, some people have the fear of failure, but there are some people who have the fear of success. <laughs> so either way, there is something that the devil may try to do to make you have some type of spiritual insecurity because if he can get you here and make you stop here, already fail before you actually physically stop. Why? Because right here, your will, your spirit, man, if you have tapped out right then and there, that it's almost like it's written off. It's almost like, hey, the, the, the show is over. The show stopped. But that's why it's so important for us to be able to feed our spirit, man, so that way when situations occur, we can remind ourselves what God told us. Listen, God can always tell you directly. God want to tell you directly because if we wait upon some people to give us confirmation, don't you know the devil will send people your way to give you confirmation on not to do it? Yeah. You know, there are some people, even right now, like I said, to some people, I shouldn't even be on here, and I'm bringing myself up on some a lot of these uh, situations because, number one, I've had experience in it. I can relate to it. But also, I want you all to know, yeah, y'all see me here, but if it was up to the devil, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, this little kid right here that grew up dyslexic, uh, insecurity, and also even when God put upon my spirit, to have this podcast, I signed up <clears throat> and I joined September of 2015. But you know when I actually started? I started February of 2016. I signed up February, excuse me, I signed up September 2000, 2016, but I did not start until February 2017. I was paying my money and everything. You know why? Because I allow fear to paralyze me. Yeah, fear will paralyze you. Don't you know the longer you entertain those thoughts, the longer you entertain people's words, the longer you entertain people's opinion about you or what you or what they think you should not do, as long as you're entertaining it, it's allowing more handcuffs to strap you down to paralyze you from going forward. And it seemed like it was easier for me to delay it, to put it off, than for me to go forth in it. Until February of 2017, it was Valentine's Day coming up, and it hit me. I'm spending all this money and haven't even started. 
And all of a sudden, it hit me. God, you told me to do it. Forgive me for allowing insecurity, allowing fear to stop me. God, I'm asking you to give me the strength to come up here. And I ain't going to lie to you. Now, at first, uh, when we first started this podcast, it wasn't video. And if you, if y'all listen to my earlier stuff, hey, look here. I might have sound like I was a robot, but I had to go. I had to make myself do it. And when I say make myself, it wasn't like I'm going against my will. But what it was, I had to overcome my concern, my fear, and allow my will and my spirit man to speak and speak louder because fear was screaming at me, saying me, you can't do it. But God in me was screaming louder, telling me I can do it. I should do it. And I ended up speaking about what I was comfortable in, talking about love, talking about a subject that all of us experience in. And as I began to do it, the first time, whew, I breathed, I took a deep breath, and I'm like, wow, overcame that. And then I kept going and kept going. Now, there was a time where I, when I was sick, I had to, you know, put the podcast on pause, put it on hold. But I found that each time, even if I missed an episode, the devil tried to, oh, but, but you know, it's easy for you to skip last week, so you might as well skip next week. And don't you know, when you put things on hold, it's easier for you to just continue to put it on hold, to continue to push it off. But we have to allow our spirit man to go forth, to feed. Like I said, you got to feed, you got to feed your faith and starve your fears. Feed your faith and starve your fears. Also, when I said about Fear being an outside force or outside uh, outside force or outside source. Oftentimes, what we have to realize is this important thing. This I want y'all to understand this scripture if y'all don't remember anything else, and it ties in to our purpose, our plan, our identity, and everything. It says this. <clears throat> Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It says, now, when is faith activated? Right now. Faith, you know, when I say faith, we're not talking about salvation. We're not talking about salvation. We talk about the muscle called faith. Faith is a muscle that has to be exercised daily. Faith is a muscle that does not overexert itself. There are some muscles that they say that you shouldn't work out every day. It may say your your chest, legs, or whatever. But there are certain exercise or certain muscles you can exercise daily, calves and your abdomen. And look at faith as your calves or the abdomen that you can exercise daily and there will not be any type of repercussions as long as you exercising and you feeding and you nourishing, you replenishing 
what is lost. You give your body a spiritual Gatorade. You give your spirit man a spiritual Gatorade, and you feed in your muscles properly with the proper nutrients for it to be able to not only to grow, but also to recoup from the use that you have given it. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for. Now, hope, oftentimes this culture, oftentimes we got the understanding of hope wrong. When we when we hear people say hope, well, I hope they do it. I hope they do it. Do you think they're going to do it? I don't know. No, so that's doubt. That's not hope. Hope is actually confident. The biblical terminology of hope is confidence. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for. So in other words, substance, faith is the substance. In other words, the substance is something that you can see. Now, faith is the substance of the things hopeful. In other words, whatever you're desiring, whatever you have confidence in, you have evidence of it. In other words, you can see it. So let's just say this. This is the substance of what I'm hoping for. This is the substance, and my desire is to be able to have my phone charged up. So I got the outlet right here. This is my substance, and I'm going to be able to charge up my phone. I have the sources to do what needs to be done. This is the substance of the things that I'm desiring, hopeful, and the evidence of the things not seen. The evidence, so faith is confidence, but where does faith and hope coincide with each other? Faith, excuse me, hope is the beginning stage of faith. The missing ingredient, the missing ingredient from what you're hoping for to make it faith is one key component. What you're desiring plus blank equals faith. What is that blank? That blank is your corresponding actions. So what you're desiring what you desire, and you have corresponding action to what you believe in, it equals faith. So with that, understanding that when you have faith, get this, what is the opposite of faith? What is the opposite of faith? Many times people say, well, you know, the opposite of faith is fear. The opposite of faith is fear. No, no, no. Let's get to the root of it. The opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is sight. See, faith is a spiritual thing, but sight is a physical thing. Faith is a spiritual matter, but what you see is a physical matter. And so what happens, if we really get to the root of fear, oftentimes it's Based upon what we physically see or what we physically hear from others. So that's why God wants us to start seeing things not from our physical senses, but from our spiritual senses. We have to be aware of our spirit senses. So that way we can be able to pick up things in the spirit and discern the source 
of that particular thing because God would give us the discernment to help us to understand if this something that we should do, if this something that is God's fingerprints on here, if does it say God's tag on there? Back in the day, we used to look for the tags that it would say made in America. That means there was always some type of uh, uh, authentic. It was authentic. We have to understand what is the authentic, the word authentic to you, whatever you want to say, authentic, authentic I'm sorry. Is it authentic of what we're asking for, what we're seeking God for, or what we're doing? We have to see if this is authentic, if this is something sent by God or made by man. So it's so important for us to understand that. Also, with that, I have to throw this in there too. In the Bible, in Genesis, it tells us that God gave Adam work. And so when we look at the word work, in its original Hebrew word, that word work means energy or source from God. And so when God gives us work, our assignment, our purpose is work. Even when we go to even when we go to our job, our job, many of us, our job is just that the place where we make money, the place where we we um uh occupation. That is our quote unquote occupation, but that ain't our work. Now what happened, God may want you to use your money from your job for you to fund your work. Just in case somebody who may be thinking about, you know what, I want to have my own, I want to start my own business, whatever. Yeah, that's fine and dandy. But what are you doing while you're on your job? If you be faithful over a future ruler over many. So if God can't trust you on your job, he sure can't trust you on your work. So for us to be able to look at our job and allow our job and do everything we can do the right thing on our job. So that way, when you get off your job, you can work harder on your work. Don't you know our job should be, should be the opportunity for us to be able to see how bad or how hungry we are. Just in case you have a hard time at work, just in case it seemed like, oh, man, it was crazy. As soon as you leave your job, that should give you the fuel to go home and do everything you can for you to be able to invest. So that way you can be one day or one step closer from you being full time on your work. But oftentimes, I'm going to say it like this. Oftentimes, it's easy for us. Yeah, and I'm not talking about, you know, you know, there may be time where there may be some discomfort at work, but we don't stand and just sit there and complain and do nothing. No, my question is, what are we going to do about it? And this could be pertaining to your work. It could be pertaining to anything, but I just want to use, if you want to say, a job as an illustration, because I want us to be able to look at the Word of God and pull the pages and for us to be able to see how it coincides with our life. Everything that God has for us is written in his word. But he wants us to be able to apply what he said into our life so that way we can get God's results, not our own results, because our results will fail. We failed before. Aren't you tired of failing? 
So now you ask God to help you, but he needs full commitment. He needs you to be fully in. This is something I found out <clears throat> when I found out about work, it really opened up my eyes to understand about purpose. And so when you understand your purpose, when you understand your work, like I said, the devil going to try to throw some giants and the de- the giants going to be like the wrong line. They're going to scream. They may yell. They're going to try to throw some type of scare tactic to get to your senses. But if you take it in, then it can affect your spirit man or your soul. I say your soul. Affect your soul, the way you think, your thought process, and influence your will for you to stop. That's what the devil trying to do. The devil trying to influence your will for you to stop, for you to give up, to you consider not doing it. So that way, not only you don't do it, but it creates a generation of quitters. Because don't you know you are an influential person? And don't you know if you stop right now, there's going to be people that stop because you have quit. Give you an example. I found that there are people, when they found that certain people have gotten a divorce or broke up, whatever, they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And then that person that looked up to them may have given up on love. Why? Because they see that it didn't work for them. It didn't work for this person. And because they feel like if it didn't work for this person, it doesn't work at all. Hmm. I have to throw this out there because there are some people right now, because you did not give up on love or you allow God to heal you, God going to be able to help you to be qualified for that man or for that woman that you're asking him for for you to be their wife, for you to be their husband, so that way you can show people that true love does exist. If you wait on God, if you trust on, if you trust in God, and you allow God to heal you, and you're obedient for that woman, if you're obedient, God will put you in a place for your husband to come to you. For that guy, God will have you in a place for you to recognize your wife and you to go to her. Hmm. So, not just pertaining to that fear, like I said, that fear could be pertaining to uh, um, starting a business. It could be even pertaining to overcoming the fear of finding love, looking for love again. Yeah, there are some people right now, even within the church, they love the Lord. They 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 celebrating for other people and they cheering people on, but they scared to say those same words that they minister to other people. They scared to say the same thing to that person who's in their mirror. So I want you to know, when it comes down to it, God will help us. But like I said, don't expect the giants to leave because you show up on the scene. No. Like I said, sometimes you have to go in spite of the giants. This is something that hit me. I want y'all to remember this. The presence of fear does not mean the absence of work. The presence of fear does not mean the absence of work. In other words, just because you're scared does not mean that you stop. Because you're scared, just because you may have a fear, does not mean that you don't go forward. Something like the like uh, in the um, <clears throat> like <clears throat> excuse me, like the leopards. They were healed 
as they went. They were healed as they went. Sometimes, even you may be scared, you still got to go forward. You know why? Because you could be scared right where you at and not receive what you desire. And you know what? You, all you're going to have is fear and not the promised land. But just imagine if you are scared, but you still make it to the promised land and you realize you overcame the fear, you overcame the giants to obtain that promised land. Think about this. For those who ever been married before, on that day, if you're the young lady that had to walk down the aisle, were you scared? Now, 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 look, now, I'm not talking about the person that you married. Now, look, if you're still married, then praise the Lord. Congratulations. There may be some who may be watching who may be divorced or may be a widow or widower. But on that wedding day, yeah, you might have been nervous, but you still went forward. You still had, even if the relationship didn't work out, you still was honored. You still had a good time. But just because you were scared does not mean that you stopped. You still pressed on. And just because you were fearful, excuse me, just because you were scared does not mean that you had to stop. Look here, even if you even if you have to even if you have to take baby steps, even if you have to have a midget under your dress to push you, you still went forward. Like I said, when you're doing something for the first time, look here, you might be shaking or whatever, but you have to overcome that. Yeah, when I found out, regardless if this is uh, fear or scared, God will help you to change that from fear to anticipation. See those feelings? God can help you to interpret that, to change that from fear to anticipation. Because you like, see, what we have to do, we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared. Once we're prepared, then we can go forward. And like I said, it can become anticipation. Now, Right now, I'm looking at each and every one of you all. I'm speaking to each and every one of you all. But because I'm speaking in front of you all, regardless of I've been in an audience of 10, 20, or 1,000, as long as I'm giving the same message, what am I scared for? It may be a different audience, but it's the same message. It's the same work. So just because... There may be an audience. You can't lose sight on your assignment. You know, I'm throwing this in about Prince. I found out that Prince would always perform with all his heart, regardless if he had a stadium room, a stadium full of people, or even just a small intimate setting. You still play because regardless of the audience, it's your responsibility to give your all. It's your responsibility. We can't shortchange people of the gift that God has invested into us. Yes, we talk about stewardship. Yeah, stewardship. Some people may talk about stewardship pertaining to money, but also look at it pertaining to your talent. 
God has entrusted this with you. Hey, so if God has entrusted this with you, then how about you allow this where you give everything 100% back to him? So like I said, the presence of fear does not mean the absence of work. Just because, just because there's does not mean you should have the as an excuse for you to stop. You should not have the as an excuse to not go forward. You still have a responsibility of going forward. Okay? A mailman, yeah. He may have to pass out the mail. But what he's recognizing, there may be some neighborhoods he go through or go to. They may have some loose animals. But you know what? He know how to run to that car. He got some mace or whatever. There's there's a method. There are ways and things that he can do for him to continue the assignment of passing out the mail. Now, what about you? What about you? Are you going to allow because somebody left you to cause you to have the fear of moving forward? Oh, yeah, 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 they left you. Good. I found that that's a good thing. What I learned is anytime someone make a choice, regardless if we like it or not, if they choose to leave, that's a good thing. It's still a call for a celebration. Well, what, what do you mean? Well, actually, what if God allowed you to be detoxed before your blessing comes? What if God allowed people to leave before your blessing came because he did not want them to contaminate what he was trying to give you. Hmm. So what if right now, where you at in your life, what if God is trying to wake you up by helping you to be able to overcome whatever fear, whatever anxiety that you may be having for you to get the help and the healing that you need because your assignment is still waiting on you. Hmm. There are so many people right now that go to go to the grave with a handful of unfinished, untapped gifts, talents, or assignments. So many people. So we don't let that be you. Now, I have to say this. Even when it pertains to faith, <clears throat> yes, anytime there's some type of concern of fear, that doesn't mean that, well, you know, I'm just going to, no, 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 don't ignore it. Research it. Dig in to see why am I concerned? Why am I scared? Why am I fearful of this? Because this may be a homework assignment for you to be able to know where your weaknesses are, where you may be vulnerable at, or where you may be insecure at. So that way, not only when you get to the next plateau, when you get to the next realm, that's something you have already dealt with, but also it becomes a teachable moment for you to be able to, within your ministry or within your purpose or whatever uh, God may have you to mentor someone. This is a great opportunity for you to be able to learn more about Y-O-U. Great opportunity. 
All these are teachable moments for all of us. And I'm going to say it like this. None of us have arrived. The Bible tells us and calls us disciples. Disciples simply mean we are learners. We're yet learning more about God. We're yet learning about our faith walk. But also we're learning more about ourselves. And it's a good thing. Yeah, you crazy, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. God is trying to help you to love yourself, flaws and all. Yeah, yeah. look, your crooked nose and your knock need and your ashy ankles, all that stuff. Yeah, God is trying to help you to learn more about you, to love yourself. So that way, there is nothing that can hinder you from obeying what God has for you to do. Yeah. See, like I said, because the devil going to try every tactic. And also remember, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. The devil may even not only try to use something that may be a lie to try to make you accept well, but maybe he's going to give you some false accusations. Yeah, that's his job. But also, he may throw something in your path that may be true. Why is that? He's a dirty fighter. But the key thing is, he's just trying to distract you. But you have to understand, anything that comes from Satan, you already know it was meant to distract you. It was meant to stop you. It was meant to be a weight or a burden to make you miss the voice of God, the move of God, the flow of God. That was his job. So that's why it's so important for us to be aware of that. So with that, like I said, if you look at if we look at our faith muscle as a bodybuilder, a bodybuilder, right when they get ready to train <clears throat> to compete, they want to make sure that they eat in proper nourishment. They want to make sure that they get their rest. They want to make sure that they get their exercise on. And also what I found out, <clears throat> even while they're traveling, they look at a gym not as a burden. But people who are not in shape or people who don't want to work out, they have anxiety and panic attack when they see a gym. Why is that? Because they're looking at the gym as a burden. They look at it as something that may be problematic because they look at, oh, my gosh. Oh, See, they focus so much on the beginning or the process of working out, to think about the tall, to think about the sweat, to think about all this stuff that may be, you know, uh, um, the, the pain or I forgot, the cramps that may occur, all these things. See, they think about this thing, even though, like I said, you have a group of 10 people and see that one place called the gym. And they may look at that place. Some people may look at that as a burden. As a, oh, I ain't doing that. They might be scared. They might be intimidated by it. But someone that's fit, someone that understands the purpose of a gym, oh, they look at it as an opportunity. But they're not looking at the process. They're focusing on the ending result. That's what we have to look at, the ending result of things. So many we we so focused on the beginning. Oh my God, I don't want to do. I don't want to look here. When it comes down to faith, you can't get into your feelings. You can't get into your feelings. That's why, like I said, if somebody leave you, oh my God, this is the end of the world. The devil is a lie. If 
faith is the substance of things hopeful and the other things of things not seen. And God will help us, even for us to be able to look at in the spiritual realm. Don't you know the devil will try to get into your feelings to affect your faith? Yeah, that's his job. He tried any and everything. That's why there may be people that may uh they may be held by their fear, they may be held by their feelings. Either way, those are distractions that the devil try to throw to make us paralyzed in the assignment or the purpose that God has for us to operate in. So that's why we have to learn we have to learn to exercise our faith muscle because our faith muscle is gonna help us override our feelings, override our fear, override our anxiety or whatever. Excuse me. And so it's so important for us to look at what God's word says about us. Look at this as an opportunity to examine yourself. And it's okay. I'll tell you, it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I'm scared, but you know what? Even if I'm scared, I'm still going to go forward. I still got to go. Matter of fact, I'll say this. Years ago, my son was, um, he was in a parking lot. And I saw him, I saw him, he was trying to walk towards me. As he was walking towards me, there was a truck that was coming. And I ran and I grabbed him. Now, I was focused on him, even though I saw that truck, I was focused on him, and I was aware of that truck, but my job was to protect him, get him out of harm and danger, and I ain't going to lie, that was one of the scariest days of my life, because that truck came about, let's just say, six inches, at the most, six inches from my ribs. It would have got me. But when I saw my son, I don't care how big that truck was, I had to override my fear. I had to override my insecurity. Well, I don't like to talk. I don't like to say anything. Uh Uh-uh. See, you got to think about the urgency, saying the urgency of your purpose, of your assignment. It is a 100% 911 call that God has given you that the devil trying to make you overlook. The devil trying to make you not really understand the urgency of you tapping into your purpose and your plan. The devil trying so badly to distract you. The devil so badly trying to distract me. But understanding the urgency of the purpose and the assignment and the task that God has given us because it is for our good and also for the good of those that God has connected us with. Imagine, imagine, um, matter of fact, I'm going to say this. Back in, might have been 82, if I'm not mistaken, on a Sunday night, Old Town 25, I believe. We, for the first time, saw Michael Jackson do the moonwalk when he did Billie Jean. Oh, I remember. I remember 
Man, that next day we went to school. Everybody trying to do the moonwalk like Michael Jackson. He gave the performance of a lifetime. But don't you know, as good of a performance he gave, years later, he gave an interview, and he admitted that after that performance, he went to the back and he cried because he wasn't happy with himself. Hmm. Yeah. Michael Jackson. The Michael Jackson. Yeah. He dealt with insecurity. Also, like I mentioned earlier, Prince. <clears throat> I found out because, you know, growing up, I've, I've watched Prince. I've seen Prince. All that. I thought he was the most confident musician that ever lived. But I found out even listen to the interviews of some of his band members and close friends, even her stylists, he would always question. He would always question himself. He would always question. I was like, really? Prince? Yeah. See, what it is, we see confidence, but we also see the finished product. We don't see the process. We don't know the process. We just see the end result. But just imagine if he had stopped doing the process. Matter of fact, <clears throat> matter of fact, um, he opened up for the Rolling Stones. I believe it was back in '81. He opened up for the Rolling Stones, got booed off the stage. Hmm. And some of his band members end up talking to him. Come on, man, they don't understand you. Come on back, come on back, come on back on the tour. He went back on the tour, and at first they were booing him after the fourth song, fifth song, whatever. When he got back on the tour, they started booing him after the second song, after the third song. He left again. But imagine if he had stopped. In 81, imagine he had stopped because he allowed the opinions of others to prevent him from going forward. There never would have been no Purple Rain. There never would have been no Diamonds and Pearls. There never would have been no When Doves Cry. Oh my gosh. There never would have been a song called Adore. Hmm. Think about it. There are many opportunities for us to allow fear to paralyze us. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, somebody went forward. And matter of fact, what I found out, if you want to live a miserable life, allow fear to stop you. You're going to be second guessing, oh, I wish, I wish. Let me tell you something. That purpose, that purpose that God has invested into you, that he impregnated you with, that baby going to be screaming, that baby going to be kicking. You got to respond. Don't allow yourself to abort what God had invested or impregnated you with. Don't allow, don't allow the devil to make you have a spiritual or emotional miscarriage. I want to tell you, whatever God has impregnated you with, allow him to let it come out. And when it come out, it's going to be full term. It's going to be, look, at his appointed time, 
He's going to allow you to be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. But the devil trying to make you uh, uh, give it up. The devil trying to make you look out of all that you've done. The devil going to try to make you give it up. And somebody else going to be enjoying the fruits of your labor. Somebody else going to be enjoying what you worked hard for, what you toiled for. See, <clears throat> what I found out, when you don't know the purpose of a thing, you're going to misuse it. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you're not going to appreciate it. When you don't know the purpose of a thing or a person, you're going to mismanage it. So you may not understand your purpose or your plan. Talk to God. He'll reveal. But also, you may understand your purpose, your plan, your assignment. But somebody left you. Somebody abandoned you. That's a good thing. Best for them is best for them to go when they don't have the understanding. So that way they can detach themselves from what they don't know what it is, from what they don't know. Because the worst thing, the worst thing that can happen is when you, in, I'll just say, if you have somebody attached to your purpose and your plan, you have somebody attached to it, and they mean you no good, or they may try to sabotage what God has given you. <clears throat> I think about all the time the Incredible Hulk. This is the original Incredible Hulk with Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. And I remember they would always say, Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. David Banner, that was the character played by uh, Bill Bixby. He said, Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Hmm. See, Mr. McGee did not know who he was dealing with. And so the same thing with you. Yeah. The devil trying to make you have a spiritual identity crisis. The devil trying to make you question, should you do it? Should you do it? You, can't, you ain't qualified. <clears throat> He's going to try to throw every excuse why you shouldn't go forward. You ain't qualified. You know, you ain't this, you ain't that. Okay. That may be true, but they ain't going to stop me. You have to know yourself because understand not only the devil, he watched you, but also he going to throw some false accusations in. You can't be entertaining with the, when the devil trying to talk to you. You don't have, look, you don't have time to be listening to that. You don't have time to be entertained by that. You got to go forward. Look, there's somebody waiting on you. There's somebody waiting on you. And don't allow, like I said, don't allow that baby in you to be buried with you. It's so they they said this. They said that the richest place in the world is the grave, because there are so many people they have buried, that has been buried with their purpose, with their plans, untapped, untouched, unfinished. But I want to encourage each and every one of y'all. 
I'm praying that God help us to go to our graves empty. When our time is up, either either he call us home or the rapture happens, one or the other. Whenever our time is up, that means job well done because your job was done well. In other words, you're done with your job. But some of us, we're allowing the opinion of others to give us scare tactics, to be fearful. The only thing about fear you should understand is you were fearfully, wonderfully made. And like I said, just because those things happen, just because those giants may be trying to come to you, they may be in your promised land. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to have a Caleb. You got to have a Joshua attitude. What is your attitude when you see, when you see those little rascals? Yeah, those, those see, you got to look at not having the attitude like Scooby-Doo, having the attitude of Scrappy-Doo. Scrappy-Doo, <clears throat> Scrappy-Doo, that little short rascal, but he was ready to fight. That's why they called him Scrappy. He was always trying to scrap. He was bowdy, bowdy, and rowdy, rowdy. But Scooby-Doo, the uncle, yeah, he was big. He was an adult, but he was fearful. Hey, Scooby, let's go to... Not me. Yeah. But the only thing that would stimulate him in going forth in spite of fear is anticipating a Scooby snack. And understand, your Scooby snack is inside the promised land. So you got to go forward. Got to go in it. Gotta go in it. I want you to understand that you're setting an example. There are people that are looking at you. There are people, excuse <clears throat> me, even though, yeah, the devil tried to put people in our path to make us, to discourage us and everything, but understand, there are people that are secretly praying for you. There are people that are secretly cheering for you, but we're not relying upon the cheers. One of the things I always say, if you live for the cheers, you'll die by the booze. <clears throat> But in spite of, God wants us to have the attitude of, you know what, God, if you said it, I trust you. We got to have confidence in God and confidence in God's word. So that's why it's so important for us to study his word, study and spend quality time with him for us to recognize his voice. And if God said it, hey, it's his responsibility to follow through with the results. And he can help us. He want to help us. And so with that, I hope each and every one of us understand that when these fear factors come, we can override it. We can overcome it. When situations occur, my question is, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Yeah, 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 I'm scared, I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared, but I'm keep on going. Yeah, like I said, just because you fearful, just because you're in fear doesn't mean that you stop. Because you're scared doesn't mean that you stop. There's no excuse for stopping unless you arrive, unless you finish. That's the time you stop when you finish. You stop when you finish. That's the way to look at it. You stop when you finish. And like I said, you got to go beyond your feelings, go in your faith. Let faith be your fuel, not your fear. Not f- let faith be your fuel, not your feelings. 
and allow God to help you in whatever situation that you're feeling and whether that you're dealing with, ask him to help you. Don't you know these are confident times when we're dealing with something, we're doing something, and we're scared, we're fearful, we're in our feelings? Yeah. Like I said, don't think, oh, well, you ain't never, you ain't never been scared. The devil is a lie. Look here, shoot. But I'm not defined by my feelings. Feelings are temporary things, and also feelings is based upon a situation. But God is trying to help us to look, become mentally stronger, spiritually stronger. Because if you're going to always go on your feelings, you'll never get anything done. If you're going to always depend upon your feelings, no. God is trying to mature us, groom us. Because the look, because that faith muscle that God is trying to exercise for us to uh, grow, that God is trying to expand, he's trying to help us to do extraordinary, beyond what we can imagine or think according to the power that's working in us. But you can't do the extraordinary if you're riding on your feelings. No, you can't. So that's the best way I can say it. We have to go beyond our feelings and go on our faith. Exercise your faith and starve your fears. Feed your spirit with fuels of faith, not the fuels of fear. Feed your faith and not your fears. No. We got to. We got to. Like I said, because what we asking God for, the exceedingly abundantly, the, the, the things for us to go beyond what we have. Look here, I believe look here, I'm believing God from for some extraordinary things. And he can do it. Matter of fact, I'm gonna have to say this real quick. We're gonna get ready to wrap it up. I spoke today at church and I needed to go to the store and I was gonna get a baton. And I said, yeah, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to get a baton. And God said, don't go to the store. Don't go to the store. All you need is an empty roll of paper towel. I said, oh, yes, that would be great. So I looked around in the house. I didn't see anybody. I had to get ready to go to church. I'm like, mm. So I saw a flashlight. Okay, okay. I used a flashlight. And so I went to the car, and I had to go back to the house. And I said, okay, let me run back to the house. And God said, now you need to go back in the kitchen, but instead of going, go that way, go right in front of the microwave. I said, okay. So I went, and I went right in front of the microwave, and I looked in front of the microwave, which I was already by earlier several times. I looked, and it was an empty roll of paper towel. I almost shouted out my gold tooth. I said, Lord, thank you. That's what I needed. So now, number one, it prevented me from going to the store. But the most important thing, God supplied a desire, but also it was an opportunity for me to exercise my faith muscle. Because I would believe in what God said, but I had to visualize it spiritually in order for me to see it physically for me to have it in reality. Think about it. So. When we operating in faith, God gonna help us first to anticipate it 
for us to be able to see in the spirit realm. See, we always say, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, in other words it's already done in the heavenly realm, but we just asking him to bring it into reality. So whatever we're looking for is coming to, first of all, it's already done in the spirit realm. So we ask God to help us to see in the spirit realm and for us to snatch it from the spirit realm and bring it into reality. And so that's what I want you to understand for us to exercise our faith muscle, for us to be able to overcome any fear, any anxiety, and also watch who we listen to, watch our circle, because there are some people God may be trying to remove us from that's going against the growth of your faith. They're going against the growth of your faith and going for the growth of your fears. Hmm. Some people don't want nothing. Some people would never have anything because all they do, they just, well, you know, no, no, I'm like, what? I'm telling you. Like I said, there are some people that, yeah, they may love you. Some people, they may love you, but they don't understand who you are. So, of course, their perspective of who you are and what God can do through you, it might be a little different than what reality really is. But that's okay. Love them anyway. But you just don't sell an end to what they're saying. You love them, but you still do what God has you to do. And so with that being said, I want each and every one of us to understand that God is here to help us in whatever situation that we face and know that there's nothing too hard for him. But just in case someone who may be watching who may not be saved, Romans 10 and 9 tells us, Thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ thy Savior, and believe in the heart of God to raise him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Understand that there's nothing too hard for God. And God wants you to come into the family through what his son Jesus Christ did on the cross. Hmm. Look, he loves you enough for you to get the help that you need for you to become the man or the lady that he birthed you to be. And it ain't hard. And also, know that God loves you enough. By his grace and his mercy, he is allowing you another chance. So don't think that you watching this is a mistake. You listen to this show is a mistake. No. This is a message for you to let you know God won't help you to recoup. God wants to help you to recoup what the devil tried to paralyze you from. So understand, God wants to help you. Now, you just allow him to help you. Dear Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God, we acknowledge your presence on today. So, God, we're coming to you right now, God, to ask you, God, first of all, God, to forgive us if there's anything that's in us or something like you, God. Forgive us, God, for any disobedience, God. Forgive us, God, for any slothfulness, God. Forgive us, God, for any and everything that we may have done that was, even if we didn't obey you, even if we didn't trust you, God. God, we ask you to forgive us, God, and help us, God, and give us another chance, God. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness. God, we're coming out tonight to tell you thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done, but most importantly, everything that you are, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for not giving up on us, God. 
We thank you, Lord, for helping us, God, even to overcome our fears and overcome our concerns, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you help us to overcome right now, God. So, God, we speak right now, God, to help us, God, to rely upon you, God, your strength, your ability right now, God. Help us right now, God, in every area of our lives right now. In the name of Jesus, and we bind everything that devil stay found with counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we know, God, that you did not give the spirit of fear, God, but you gave us power, love, and sound mind, which is self-discipline, God. So, God, we thank you all for regulating our minds, God, giving us the peace and the joy and the confidence that we need right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, even for an opportunity, God, for another chance, God, to get it right this time, God. So, God, we speak it right now, God, for those who may be grieving, touch and heal them right now, God. Help their heart, God. Help them even during this holiday season, God. Comfort them, be with them right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the success, God. Even those who may have, uh, uh, like they have almost given up on love because of what's going on or what they may see, God. God, give them that desire right now, God, to seek you for the healing and the holding that they need, God. And let them know, God, even though the, uh, even though that that hadn't worked out, but God, help them understand, even that the devil tried to put fear into them to make them feel that true love doesn't exist. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for the love, God. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to overcome whatever the devil try to put forth right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name, we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I'm going to tell you this real quick, and then we're going to get ready to um, wrap it up. I have to put this out there. This is on my spirit area, and I forgot it just a while ago. But just in case anybody have ever uh, being sleep and they saw themselves falling and it scared them and we were always told growing up that if you hit the bottom you actually gonna die but what I found out what God put in my spirit that that actually was a scare tactic that the, that the devil was trying to put forth and see also what it was the devil trying to put forth because he did not want you to fly go up go up See, back in the day, I used to be out. I used to have dreams that I was going outside and I was always being, you know, flown up in the air. And it used to scare me. It used to scare me. It used to scare me. And then, years later, when I became an adult, God told me the reason why that you were having that because you kept looking down, looking at what you were leaving. Next time, stop looking down, start looking up. Because as you're looking down, the distance between you and the ground is getting higher and higher and higher so it's going to cause fear but if you start looking up you see yourself getting closer and closer and closer to where you're trying to go instead of what you're leaving so finally when I end up waking up and I begin to start seeing that uh, as I begin to dream I begin to start seeing that and I'm like okay okay God so now instead of looking down I start looking up and there was a peace that came and then also the fear of me when I used to look in the mirror. I used to hate that. But I found out all that was the devil trying to put the scare tactics to prevent me from being where I am at today. Number one, I mentioned earlier about looking up when I was being hosted up in the air. That was spiritual elevation. And then also when I used to have fear of looking in the mirror because I hated what I saw in the mirror. When I realized that God was that God was trying to help me to accept who I saw in the mirror, but also understand who I am because we are made in his image and likeness. 
And also, oftentimes, when I go to a bathroom, it's like I hear from God. You know, that's my time. I hear from God, regardless of if it's a public bathroom or whatever. I hear so understand that those little scare tactics and them little fears and them anxieties that you may have, do some research on it because that's letting you know that there's an assignment in that area that the devil's trying to prevent you from, and you're going to overcome it. So with that being said, I thank each and every one of y'all for tuning in. Um, if y'all want to get in contact with me, you can catch me on Facebook, Brother Prater, um, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, Pierce of Hall, R-A. Tess and Tom E.R., you see my data devotion, my videos. Also, um, if you can go to my website at brotherprater.com, brotherprater.com, you will see my data devotion, my videos, and my personal appearances on my uh, events. Also, you can go to the store section of my of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. Can't find out where it is. A Few Good Men was written to inform men their needs and their responsibility toward their family, their children, the children's mother, regardless if they're with them or not, but it's also for the women to help them understand the qualities of their potential future husband and or father to present or future children. Also, my other book, The Love, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, The Love Beyond Life, it's a book that I wrote in honor of my sister Sheila Prater, who was tragically killed by. Um, domestic violence, in, in the midst of domestic violence. And we just talk about uh, our relationship and stuff, and it's a ministerial tool that I want to emphasize even to sibling relationships. And so with that being said, I want to thank each and every one of y'all for tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. God bless you, and good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.